So hello, how have you been? Oh, I've been very well, thank you. How about yourself? COVID, you know, COVID's been crazy over here in New York. Literally, like, oh my God. Yeah, I thought, heard that things were sort of improving in, in the New York. Yeah, yeah, things are improving, but it's like, you know, I, I wish for like everything to just like get better, but like the spring and summer, because it's been so hard. Like, you know, people have lost so many loved ones. Um, it's been crazy. Uh, yeah. So you are incredible. Okay. I know this might sound really weird to you, but um, your swing songs, um, I actually do contemporary dance and stuff. They're actually really fun to do like, you know, a little bit of my stuff too. So I don't know cool. if that's like weird or whatever, but like, you're like Frank Sinatra level, like your oh. voice is insane to me. So I just want to oh, say like, kudos to that because incredible. So um, I think viewers would love to know just a little bit of like a superhero origin story, you know, where you're from and stuff like that. Like how did you okay. get into acting? And then now we're into music. Yeah, well, I actually uh, was pursuing music before acting. I grew up in uh, in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I grew up in the Flatbush section of Brooklyn, and I went to Erasmus Hall High School, where uh, Barbara Streisand went, and Neil Diamond went there for for a, while, a lot of famous people. And um, I was about uh, thirteen when I started going for lessons in in Manhattan for singing and acting and some dancing. Uh, dancing wasn't my choice, but that it kind of came along with everything. <laughs> Were you good at dancing? A, not really. I'm, you know, <laughs> I can get by if, if uh, somebody's working with me on something for a while, <laughs> okay. but, but I'm not a natural in that respect. But, um, but the singing, you know, so it was singing and acting I was very interested in mm. and especially singing because I was, when I was nine years old, I saw a movie called The Jolson Story which was a biopic about the great Al Jolson, who was considered back in his time, the world's greatest entertainer. And he actually made the very first talking movie called The Jazz Singer back in 1927. But this was a movie about him played by Larry Parks, but it was Jolson's voice on all the songs. And I was nine years old and it just had a very strong impact on me. I loved, I loved the music, I loved his, his talent came through in his voice. You know, I loved his singing and the music, all the great standards. And, and um, my mom grew, was a teenager during the swing era and young adults. So I had, she had some swing albums, you know, from some of the great uh, orchestras of the day back then, you know, whether it be Glenn Miller or Count Basie or Duke Ellington, all of those. So I'd heard some, I'd heard a lot of that, but then seeing Jolson, really did it to me and then I wound up watching the movie like 10 times after that that week because it was on every night and um and then I got his albums and I started singing you know I'm nine years old you kind of fangirled a little bit <laughs> just a little <laughs> yeah. bit yeah yeah and then um and then and then by the time when I was 13 uh, my parents knew how much I wanted to kind of pursue it so that's when I started going for these classes and and it led to me singing i got picked to be in this nightclub review of of teenagers we there were seven of us ages 14 to 16 and and i was uh, so i spent the summer in the catskill mountains which at the time was a big resort area upstate new york 
all these hotels with nightclubs. And, and um, so I spent the summer uh, performing at all the different hotels uh, in this nightclub review. And I was, I was just turning 15. So wow. that's, how it, that's how it all started. And then I switched my focus really into acting um, the next year. I just, it was a major switch. I started watching, I was seeing all these great movies and, uh, and I, I, I was inspired and influenced by people like Jack Nicholson when he was just oh, starting out. Oh, wow, amazing, yeah. And Dustin Hoffman, of course, and, and Paul Newman back then and so, and so many others. And then I really got serious about the acting and I went into a different class that was mainly you know, it was more serious on the acting side. So um, and I was about 16 when I entered that class. And, uh, and then I you know, started working. I started getting, I was able to get an agent through the uh, class. The acting teacher knew a, a manager actually that handled uh, teenagers and kids. And, mm-hmm. and she took me on and started sending me out. Uh, I, I got out on a lot of commercials back then that, you know, and wound up doing a lot of, national commercials I did in the next four years I did like 40 commercials oh wow so I I was really you know getting a lot and while and I was going to college and commuting from Pennsylvania to Manhattan for these auditions it was crazy you know um and then I went out after four years and uh, I went out to LA after my junior year for the summer just for the summer but then um I started getting work, you know, I started getting, uh, going on auditions and getting some jobs and decided to stay in LA, take six months off of school and, you know, see what happens. And, and then I just got more work, more work, and then got happy days. So I never made it back from my senior year. <laughs> you know, but you've done so many incredible things. I think something that, um, I want to ask is on your first like a uh, singing class like was there anything that like really like you felt like like this set me up especially in your acting classes because like there's always those little things that like nobody shares but I think people might find interesting that like stood with you like you know uh use your voice like this or don't do that oh oh I see did I learn anything I'm trying to think of very... that, like set you up like you think about oh. it still to this day oh I see oh that's mm-hmm. interesting I'd have to think and singing. I don't really know that I, I got any single thing like that. Um, uh, because, you know, I, I went to, after that, I studied voice a few years later with a different teacher, totally different teacher that, and taught, she taught even opera singers. And then when I was in LA, I, I studied with um, two other voice teachers. So I, I can't remember any, any one thing, but I think in acting, I would say the thing that really stood out for, for me, and it was, and, and it took a long time to really even, even though I might have understood what this man was saying, in order to uh, integrate it and assimilate it and actually do it, took me a while. And this was the director of Happy Days. His name was Jerry Paris, and he had uh, been an actor himself. That's how mm-hmm. he started. He, he was in a movie, The Wild Ones, with Marlon Brando. He was in movie with Humphrey Bogart, uh, oh, wow. uh, Kane Mutiny. He was in the movie Marty with um, Ernest Borgnine, who won the Academy Award for that movie. And, and Jerry played his brother-in-law. So he came, you know, he, he was a very experienced guy. And then he was directing all the Dick Van Dyke shows. 
And then we were lucky enough to have him as a director. He became almost like a mentor to me. He really liked what I was doing and, and, and we liked each other a lot. I, I mean, all of us got along, but, but he was kind of like my uncle he became. And he used to say to me, and this is the thing that I guess set me, you yeah. said set, set me up, is he said, you, you just have to trust yourself. Because he was like saying, oh. you, you know, you've done, you know, you know what you're doing. You know, I've, I studied, I went to class and I've done, and I did a lot of work. So I had some experience and he was like seeing me doubting myself. He was trust seeing your ability. Me, yeah. To really just trust the ability oh. and, and not, and not be in my head so much trying to control anything or to, because in acting, you have to yeah. kind of be in the moment and be really in that moment to moment to moment to moment, as opposed to uh, watching yourself doing it yeah. and you know judging yourself. So that was the biggest lesson, I think, um, the most important one to, to really get to that point of trusting and then being able to let go. I think that's like highly important though, because like when you're acting and like you're thinking of every single line you have to say, you're almost like becoming like a statue. Like you want everything to flow. So that little piece right. of advice is highly impactful to I think a lot yeah. of people who will replay this and be like, taking notes, taking notes. Yes. So, okay. Yes. I need to know what your favorite role is. Redhead to redhead, New Yorker to New Yorker. I got to know. <laughs> I got to know. My, you my had the most role. fun. You felt like you just immersed yourself in the role. Yeah, that's a, that's a, you know, well, of course the role I did on Happy Days is, is you know, always up there, yeah. uh, up there at the top, but I'd say there in, in recent years, I've gotten a chance to do some really interesting roles in, in some um, nice independent films where they're very different than myself and different from other roles I've played. So um, I guess, I, I would say, gosh. Um, <laughs> You're like, I wasn't prepared for this, Lily. It's, it's tough. Because on stage, on stage, I once did a play a long time ago called Wait Until Dark. Okay. Where I played, where I played the uh, sort of psychopathic uh, uh, killer. Okay. And so that was, it was such a stretch. But, I, you know, I, I really felt good about what I did. But on, and more recently... I'd say the, the movie Lost Heart is right up there. Um, I did that a few years ago and it's on Amazon Prime right now. Cool. And I, I, play, a, I play a small town pastor and, um, and it's a very different kind of role, but uh, it's a beautiful script and the other, all the actors in it were great. So um, Lost Heart is one that I've really, uh, I, I definitely immersed myself in, in that character. Now, so that would be one. The slasher, though, I, I got to know a little bit more about the slasher. Yeah. Like, yeah. you go up to the screen, like. Dee, dee, dee. Well, it wasn't it, it wasn't that kind of a it wasn't that kind of a play. It was a famous play made into a movie that starred Audrey Hepburn. And she and and she plays a blind woman. And and the the killer or the, the villain of the piece hmm. in the in the movie was played by Alan Arkin, who was amazing in it. Robert Duval did it on on the play in play version, um, so it's more of a psychological thriller. It's not oh, okay. You see, so so it's kind of like this mind game and a, a, this 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 duel between uh, a duel of minds between this blind woman and this guy who's 
who's he's invaded her home. He's preying on he's, her. He's looking for something, and it's very and he thinks that they're hiding. He's looking for something that he had stashed on her husband's uh, in her husband's uh, su suitcase or something, and now he's trying to get it, and and. So it's this battle of wits between the two of them that goes on for a long time. And it's, it's very, it's very um, suspenseful and great writing. And, and to play this character was such a, you know, at the time I did it, I was doing Happy Days and this was during an off season. I mean, during the off season. So I was able to do some theater in between. Really so, cool. so here I was, you know, still known from Happy Days. And then here I'm playing this like crazy different character. And um, I really- I see you're like so excited was, about it. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a challenge, but I really felt great about what I did. And I did immerse myself in, well, <laughs> not too completely because you know, I didn't want to <laughs> go just over- just enough, the, just enough to make it entertaining yes. to people and right. yourself. So music wise, let's go to now. Okay. Uh, what made you decide like, you know what? I'm going to just fully just like go on stage. And do this and do the singing yeah yeah well, and the albums well, i mean yeah well what happened was uh, as i mentioned i started out really doing that first you know when i was hmm. singing in those nightclubs so that was my first love i like to say and and it was in my blood and i've and i've been singing that music even though i put it aside uh for the most part when i focused on acting there were times when it came into play when i did some musical theater and the singing was involved and so i I did that. And then every once in a while, I might have done, uh, you know, some singing at like a, a charity event or a telethon, something like that, and on TV a few times. But I wasn't seriously pursuing it until what happened was, you know, I love the great American songbook and the jazz standards and swing and big band, and all of that. So I'd be singing that all the, you know, by myself and all for years, you know. And then I finally, seven years ago, I think it hit me. I, I, had, I had been in the hospital for something. I had to have some surgery and, and I was in the hospital for like 17 days. Oh. And, then, and then I came out of there. And because looking back, now I realize when, when it happened, it was not too long after that when I remembered saying to myself, you know, if I'm ever going to do the singing, um, I, you know, I'm not getting any younger, that I, I better start. Trust you know, your ability. It's coming back yeah. to you. Trust your ability. Yeah, and oh do God. what I want, you know, do what I still have passion for. Well, yeah. I still had a lot of passion for. And, and, and also because, you know, the music that we're talking about hmm. was, was during the 70s when Happy Days was on and early 80s, it wasn't really in favor that much. It was looked upon as like, you know, Sinatra and that was looked upon as like my parents' music or my grandparents' music. But then it started coming back into vogue again, you know, when Harry Connick started doing it and Harry Met Sally, he, you know, his songs. And then people like Natalie Cole and Tony Bennett, of course, and, um, and Diana Krall, who I love. And more and more people, all of a sudden it was like becoming in, in cool to do that music, which I always loved. So I'm like, oh, it's great. This music is back. It's not going to be like trying to beat my head against a brick, mm -hmm. brick wall to do this kind of music. And now's the time. So, so I put together an act, you know, I, I picked out the songs, uh, a, a man who I knew that I worked with, I picked him to be my musical director. And 
And, and then we started off, I was able to get a booking at a jazz club in Los Angeles called Vitello's. And um, that was my first nightclub gig, you know, so to speak. And it went great, you know, it was just, it was a blast. It was a total blast and everyone's going, wow, we didn't know you could sing like this and you know. All <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, honestly, um, you know, at first people say they're singers and you're like, oh, all right. But when I heard <laughs> you sing, I was like, I, I, I feel that like from your stomach up, like that, <laughs> that Sinatra sort of like, hey, and I was like, <laughs> did that just come out of his mouth? <laughs> like incredible great. voice. I was oh, like, oh you. my goodness. So, oh, thank um, you so that, much. I that definitely is that. really cool. Yeah. And then I did an album a few years ago uh, with this, all the great jazz standards with a wonderful group of of jazz, of Los Angeles jazz studio musicians. And it's a big band sound, 17 piece band. And in some cases more with strings and everything. So that's called uh, most, D Most Mostly Swinging is the name of that CD on iTunes and Amazon. And I'm working on another one, right? We were almost oh. finished, but I was, I'm working with a producer in, in the Nashville area. And cool. it's and it's different. It's going to be different. It's still going to be jazz standards, but instead of the big band, it's a more contemporary jazz setting. You know, like just the nice rhythm section, guitar, piano, bass, and drums, and and maybe there'll be a saxophone on this song, or maybe a trumpet solo here. So it's a more contemporary jazz kind of feel. But it's going coming along great. And then when COVID hit, we yeah. we couldn't finish. So um, I'm going. To, to Nashville in about three, about a month, in about a month to finish it. And I'm really excited because oh. it'll come out sometime this year. So, um, you know, I must say I like Clementine. That's kind of like something that I like. Oh, um, what would be like your favorite song from your album? That one, from the, the 2017 album? one. Well, yeah, that, well, Clementine's up there, you see, because I was, besides Sinatra, who I, of course, love, I was a huge Bobby Darren fan. And Bobby could do that kind of music I mean, Sinatra was kind of his idol and Bobby could do that. I saw him at the at a nightclub in New York City called the Copacabana, the famous Copacabana nightclub hey. when I was when I was 18. So uh, I loved Bobby and that he did Clementine on uh, his second big album called This Is Darren. And I used to sing along with that all the time. So I had to do it on my Oh, that's so awesome. So I'm glad you picked that one out. Yeah, no, I love out. it because when you like contemporary dance or like, you know, you're um, warming up because like that's kind of how I like to warm up. You know, you like kind of get into it and it's like really cool <laughs> and fun and it's nice to see something new, like not something yeah. like, you know, old. It's just like a new song, fun yeah. and different. And I love that. Yeah. So yeah, that, um, that's definitely, um, if I had to pick another one, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> You're like going know. down the list. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I love After You've Gone. Um, it okay. might not be, it might not be as popular as some of the other songs to people, but, but I was really happy with, uh, that's a great old song that Al Jolson used to do. You know, it's from the twenties. Um, so After You've Gone is up there and then maybe um, Day In, Day Out, I like a lot also. But I love them all, so it's you know it's hard. Well, obviously, they are your songs. I am curious, why are you going for more of a contemporary with the new one coming up? I'm not hating it. Um, I just like I'm curious. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's still going to be jazz standards, you know, songs mm -hmm. that I love. It's just a different approach, a little different feel. Just like mm -hmm. I sometimes, I as a jazz uh, mm -hmm. audience, 
Sometimes I would want to go and hear a big band, you know, really going crazy. We used to go see Buddy Rich with his big band all the time when I was younger. So sometimes I'd love to see that. But then also there'd be times when I'd be into seeing, you know, um, a great saxophonist with, with a rhythm section and, or a trumpet play and a smaller group. And it's a, it's a different, uh, a little more subtle, a little different kind of um, things that you could do in that setting, more intimate than you can with the big band, you know, the big band set. Yeah. So it's just, a, it's like, okay, you know, I like chocolate, but I also like coffee, <laughs> coffee flavored ice cream. Too. Yeah. yeah. Do you <laughs> actually play instruments too? Cause like, you know, a lot about like, you know, all this stuff as well. Yeah. I played piano a little bit when I was younger. So I know, you know, enough about it so that I could understand some of the things that, mm. you know, the musicians are, and the, and the uh, arrangers are talking about, but I don't play well enough to, to really perform it. You're like, um, eh, I'll just use my voice. It's no problem. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. What would you give as advice to any young musicians or actors out there? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I guess what, when people ask me that, and it, usually it's about acting, but I, you're, you're right. It could apply to both. Yeah, um, it's important. Musicians, what, it's showmanship. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I usually tell people is, is that um, because the, if they want to do it just, you know, for fun, that's one thing. If you want to do it just because you, as a hobby, that's one thing. But if you're wanting to do it as a career, I would tell young people, aspiring actors, that the business is so crazy and sometimes it's very unfair and it could be cruel and very difficult and so I said unless you really love it and this is what you have to do and you know you wanted you have to do it if you don't have that kind of feeling I say don't even don't pursue it as a career because it's so hard and crazy and you have to be willing to go through you know so you just and then if you do then okay go all out you know, and study with somebody good and try to get in some plays because theater's the greatest training for actors and try to work with good people and keep learning and just keep doing it. And, you know, and then, uh, and, and try to hold on to that belief in yourself, which is the most yeah. important. Now, speaking about like hardships, because obviously, you know, acting or singing, there's going to be a lot of naysayers, haters. And, you know, my, I myself have dealt with a lot of people who are uncouth. Let's just let's just say uncouth. Sure. Um, so, what would be you would say the biggest hardship of your career that you overcame? Since we were okay. talking a little bit about, like you know, it, it can get very yeah. hard. Yeah, good question. Um, it was very difficult for me after um, I left Happy Days because yeah. the show was so popular, uh, and I left four years before it ended. The show ran eleven seasons, and I. After my seventh season, my contract was up and, and for various reasons, I decided not to, to renew. Same thing, Ron Howard didn't uh, come back either because he was wanting to pursue directing, which wonder what ever happened to that. <laughs> no, I mean, he, he did okay. Ron did pretty good. Um, amazing what Ron did. So I, I felt, I knew that I was getting so associated with the show and with this character because remember back then there was no cable, there was mm. no internet. So when people were watching TV, it was 
mainly the three networks, either CBS, NBC, or ABC. And that was it. So when we were number one, we had 50, 60 million people watching us on Tuesday nights. So, you know, you get very associated in the industry. Yeah, typecast and the industry has a tendency to do that more than the public the public i would say oh when are we going to see in something else but the people in the industry play it very safe and close to the vest it's like oh no no he's this type and he, he's not right for this you know that kind of thing so it was very difficult um uh, a period for me to to break out of that and and show that I was an actor playing a role that was not like myself because the character I played was, I was really not very much like that character, but I had to like now prove that and then prove that I had range to do many other things. So it took a while, you know, and I'd peck away at it and peck away. But there were times when I started, you know, going, God, God, it was, you know, am I ever gonna be able to get past this? And am I gonna be able to do the kinds of roles that that I've wanted to do and am I going to be able to get work you know so it was a it was some there was some soul searching and 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 difficult challenges during that period but I just kept pecking away in this slow you know I get a guest role in something very different you know where I uh, I did a Star Trek Voyager two-parter and I played yeah so that was very different kind of role and then I played a psychiatrist in some other show and and then a, a hard metal rocker in a in another Wait, show. What? Yeah, what? Yeah, they, well, they had, no. they had me in like the. I had all the makeup. I had all the makeup and long <laughs> hair. And you you go check it out on YouTube uh, if you look up. It was an episode of Chips, the show okay. Chips. Uh, and and look up uh, Moloch was my character's name. Moloch. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited to see this because <laughs> you're going through it. I'm like, oh yeah, I can see him in that. And then you're like, rocker. Yeah, yeah. You said okay. Yeah, so ch- check that out, and and then and then you know, and then I started doing more and more independent films and playing lots of different kinds of roles. So it started, you know, besides Lost Heart, like I told you, I played a defense attorney in this very heavy film called Man's Best Friend, and um, that's on Amazon Prime too. And then I played a polygamist in in another film, you know, like one of the fundamentalist. Mormons that, that were practicicing polygamy so and then I played a king and then I played a prison oh, guard that's fitting, and, you know yeah, yeah. why not yeah so so that, I'm, I'm loving the playing all different the diversity that of roles that I'm getting to play but like I said it was um when you asked what was the, the, yeah. the sort of the toughest toughest hardship that you had to get over uh, back when I left, it was like 1980, 81 when I was off of Happy, when I left Happy Days. So those the next few years. And one thing that helped a lot too is I did a lot of, I did some theater during that time because that keeps you, you know, keeps you sharp and keeps that, um, there's nothing Fire, like when, fresh. Yeah, and keep that muscle going, keep like working out your, yeah, yeah, stretching your abilities. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about typecasting today, as opposed to back then? Because you I, know it's still happening. People who play like a uh, superhero roles, they're like, "Oh my god!" And like the guy who played um, Aladdin, he cannot get any roles. They're like typecasting yeah. him as Aladdin oh. now. Yeah, I guess I imagine it still happens. I, I guess it it depends on 
what role you, hmm. you know, you break out in. And some, some are harder to shed than others, you know, some, some are tougher. Uh, the one thing that's easier than, that's better now, easier and better, is that back then, when I was doing the show, if you were on a TV show, it was very, very rare and hard for you then all of a sudden to be doing films. Back then, it was like, you know, TV and film, it was like almost a separate, yeah, separate, uh, separate yeah. kind of a, a class, you know, it was like you were in a different class. And we didn't, the actors didn't think that way, but that was the sort of the industry sort of, oh, you know, they only wanted to cast people who were known from films. T today, you, the film actors are doing TV shows, yeah. the actors in television shows are doing films. It's like a bridge between the mediums where back then it was much harder and so, very few people made that transition. So definitely, what would you like to see um, improved in Hollywood standards? Since you're oh. clearly quite very passionate about this part, you know. Yeah, um, wow. In well, I, I, I think, like I said, they are opening up more so to, to people being able to play, you know, not only TV and film, but also yeah. different kinds of characters. I think that there's a little bit more of an open mind. So, but like you pointed out, it's still the cast, the, the typecasting still does exist. So, you know, I, I guess just to give pe more people people like that a, a little bit more of a chance somehow. It's very hard though, because the competition is so fierce. You know, there's so many people trying out for these roles that that's why it makes it hard for them to, sometimes they'll take the easier way out, you know, and, and oh, it's very easy to cast this person because he's known for that. And it's very easy to cast this person. It's yeah, a little bit harder for them to cast somebody that's not, you know, if they, they, go, if they, if they saw go out people, on a limb. Yeah, if they saw people for their ability, <laughs> you know, what they can right. do, I think um, that would be a really nice change. I think that'd be really good. Yeah, yeah. If they're, if they're a little more open to, to letting people have a chance to show yeah. something different other than what they're known for. Yes. Yeah. Don, this has been incredible. Um, oh. We know you have something new coming. So is there anything else you could say about that? Or no. <laughs> um, well, well, there are. There, you know, I've directed three independent oh, films. Really? Yeah, oh. what one is called uh, back, you know, some time ago. One is called The Last Best Sunday. It's on Tubi. You can watch it. It's, it's a really very dr nice dramatic film. Uh, two teenagers, a uh, male and female. It's kind of a interesting, almost a little Romeo and Juliet kind of a story, oh. and um, really, really great acting in it. Um, the Last Best Sunday. And then I did one called Mula, M-O-O-L-A, which uh, I cast and gave her her first film role was Shailene Woodley, who oh. you probably know who Shailene is. So um, she was 13 when she did Mula for me. And, um, and now I'm, I'm attached to direct two films and we're trying to get, you know, get it set up, get all the money, the, the financing. Yes. And we're getting closer. So I'm hoping, I can't talk about what they are yet, but I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, one of them is actually, that was a post about it on Facebook. Um, it's called Trauma Land. So um, if you look on my Facebook page under Don, most people will see, see that um, a little bit, of, learn a little bit about it. 
And uh, it'd be a great film. So I'm hoping to do that. And on the acting side, I just found out today I won, there's a, I won an award at what? in New York called the, the New York International Film Awards. Film, yeah, New York International Film Awards. They have it every month. They get submissions from all over. And um, I was in a piece called, um, it's, it's part of a series that we're trying to get going called Viral Vignettes. And one of the episodes of Viral Vignettes was I did, was called Scrambled. And I did it with a wonderful actress named Gail O'Grady. And it was submitted and accepted into the New York for January, the New York International Film Awards. And I just found out today that I won best actor and the comedy and we won best duo, me and the and Gail O'Grady won best uh, acting duo. And I also directed that one and I won for best film for directing comedy, uh, comedy. So, so oh, that was you nice. should be like more like excited. Oh my goodness, yeah. congratulations yeah. to you yeah, and yeah. your um, cast partner. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. But, um, unfortunately, I can't tell people where to watch it because it's in the festivals. So it's not available online yet. But hopefully yeah. soon, hopefully soon. I mean, I'm working on my own thing, actually, um, called Project Bullyish. It's on online bullying. Um, oh, oh, great. a documentary that I, too, submit. So um, wonderful. Yeah. Project, I'll send Project, you a little bit about it. <laughs> yeah, please do. Project Bullyish. Yeah. I mean, I oh. have been uh, there's been a lot of just uncouth that's what we'll call them not uncouth not very nice people but um i think the bigger message of online harassment which happens to actors musicians a lot today with fake accounts needs to be brought to the forefront and yeah. um, i want to be a part of that change on doing that well, good. so good for I you. Too, um, you know <laughs> that's wonderful that you're involved in that good good for you that's terrific good for you don the awards, mm -hmm. though, congratulations. Oh, thank, um, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. But, but, but what you're doing is that's very important. So um, kudos, big kudos to you. Kudos. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Don, so much, fellow redhead. Goodbye. Yes. <laughs> Bye, Lily Jean. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you.